when we're talking about how do I know it's time to put our prices up, when we're doing our tax, it's a really great time to look and see what our costs are. So that's definitely, you know, it's a little bit different. So number one, we're reverse engineering what we want our life to look like. But number two, we need to be looking at the hard numbers that is happening in our business. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, joined as always by the lovely Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? I'm doing well, Sam. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. That's good. And this rainy day for both of us? Mm-hmm. It's stormy here. We should be heading into summer, but we've got a big storm here today. I feel like my windows are about to pop out. I'm just sort of considering how much washing I still have to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank goodness for clothes dryers is all I've got to say. <laughs> well, see, mine's not working at the moment, which is really frustrating. And actually, that, ah. I don't really like using my clothes dryer. Don't you? No, no, I don't. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a yeah, thing. I think I know they, you know, they're hugely expensive to run, and I just like my clothes to an air dried on the line. Ah, see, I'm the opposite. I like my clothes air dried, but I always finish them in the dryer because I feel like they're softer and nicer and. Yeah. Hmm, yeah, isn't that funny? You there you go. You don't miss the romanticism of your clothes just you know, idly waving around in the breeze? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, okay let's move, from, let's move from clothes into into what we're actually going to talk yeah, about today. It's not about clothes. It's actually about how to increase your prices. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think this is such such an important topic because as business owners, our whole business revolves around charging out or selling our services or our products. So this is a very, very important topic and one that a lot of people are, fr- are actually afraid to talk about. I think it's, yeah, we're going to get into the mindset a little bit later in the episode, but a lot of it is really about mindset and just perception of our our value, our really mm-hmm. our sort of confidence in what we bring to the table, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Before we get into that, though, let's jump into, I guess, the sort of the practicality of it. Right? Why? Why would you increase your prices? Well, I think that increasing your prices is, as we said, it's what's going to give us the money that we need to live our life. We need money to come in so that we can pay our bills or purchase things that we like to purchase. You know, we've got to cover our electricity and our, our rent or our mortgage and our our tax and all of those things. But, you know, it's nice to go out for dinner. It's nice to go out for drinks. It's nice to get new clothes. So I think that a really important piece of this is to reverse engineer what you want your ideal life to look like and then break it down. If I could live my ideal life and this was the number I needed, what does that then mean that I need to be earning? How many clients do I need to have? What sort of prices do I need to be charging? And this is something that I enjoy to do with my clients. And actually one of them just rang me last week and said, I'm so glad you got me to do that exercise because I realized 
that with my pricing the way that it currently is, which is why we were doing this in the first place, that I was never going to reach it. So just going through the exercise has certainly helped her realize, okay, something needs to change. And then we were able to have a look at that and start to change things accordingly. Mm. Here's something scary I want to share with our listeners. Mm -hmm. The average business in Australia, this is the average, okay? You Mm -hmm. can see that some businesses make in the billions of dollars. The average business owner in Australia takes home $44,000 a year. Wow. What's the minimum wage? I think it's higher than that. I don't even know what the minimum wage is, but that sounds like... It's like 20 bucks, $23 an hour, somewhere in that that vicinity, low 20s. Wow. Um, but, you know, when we consider the, the average wage in Australia is in the 50,000s, like low 50s, mm-hmm. uh, I imagine it's very comparative, adjusted for exchange rate to, to other countries as well, that we don't, you know, for all the risks that we take as business owners, we're actually getting less reward than what it would take if we just worked a nine-to-five job for somebody else and didn't have all the other stress attendant to that comes along with business. The stress, the extra hours, all of the things. Well, look, I know you spoke to someone recently, Sam, who you know, was, was taking over $1,000 a month for a full-time job. Yeah, she was working in her business over 40 hours a week and her profit wasn't $1,000 a month. She was bringing in $1,000 a month. Mm. And that's just going backwards. By the time you take in business costs and living costs, I would imagine that that is in the vicinity of losing sixty dollars to $80,000 a year. Yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot of money to be losing. So we need to be really, we can't turn a blind eye to this. It's very, very important. We need to pull up our, you know, big girl's panties metaphorically and really look at this and dive into it. Yeah, I think this is where we need to kind of do that reverse engineering you were just talking about. What's this ideal life cycle, life cycle, lifestyle look like? And we do need to add it up. I think it, a really good exercise, I've seen a, a spreadsheet that did this recently. I'm sure you might be able to Google one that does the same. But if you can't, work this out, right? Put all of your costs. Put your mortgage in there, your school fees, your food, your, you know, your takeout, your travel, your you know, holidays, whatever it is that you do. All right, add all those up and then put your business expenses as well. I'd mm-hmm. right? say so the cost of your CRM, the cost of your VA, the... You know, the advertising cost that you might put out each week, the you know this the whole lot of right? everything that you spend your you know your ASIC registration right and including include your your late fees on your ASIC registration. <laughs> you know, put in an allowance for overdue fees on your bank account when someone you know transacts and you sort of bounce below zero if you don't have an overdraft set up. Right? All these expenses that we have to run and produce our income, and that's going to come up with a number. And what I think we should do to that is add in a healthy dose of profit. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing we don't, right? Now, profit is just the reward we get for taking the risks. Not We often forget to put that profit in. That's the bit that we get to, mm. you know, it's a reward. Then divide that by 220, which is the number of working days in a year in Australia. It might be different where you are. And then divide it by 40, which is the number of, so on. You divide it by eight, which is or seven, which is the number of hours per day that you're going to work. And you'll come up with an hourly rate thing. And if you're not charging at least that for your services, you know, we do need to have a conversation with ourselves about what my prices are or go back and change my expectations about what you possibly spend. Absolutely. Now, I did this with a group of clients recently and we came up with this number that they all said, you know, some of them are like, 
I want $300 an hour. One of the girls there had said she wanted $1,000 an hour. And the product they were selling was a $250 an hour mm -hmm. product. You can never make $1,000 an hour if you're selling a $250 an hour mm, product. That's exactly right. Unless you look at leverage and how you do yeah. it. Yeah. Leon and I do this and we take it one step further. And we usually do this on a Sunday where we actually take the whole day off and we prepare in advance and we know we're going to go through this um, because it does take a while and it usually happens with a bottle of wine, I can tell you, because <laughs> it opens up a lot of conversations. But we even add in what we want our ideal life to look like. Okay, what holidays do we want to take this year? How many extra investments mm. do we want? And to purchase those investments, what deposit do we need or what are the repayments going to be on that? What is the income going to be on that? So we break it down into like minute pieces to come up with that number. But I can tell you once you've got that number, it actually makes it a lot easier to be able to move forward because there's no what ifs in there. You, you 100% know this is where we're heading. And I think that this is a problem that a lot of people have in that they set a goal at the start of the year. I want to earn 500,000, but they don't understand or don't put the time into thinking, well, what does that look like? What do I need to be earning? How many clients do I need to have? You know, is it actually possible? Do I need to bring in staff to be able to service that many clients? That then has another cost. So there's a lot of, it's almost like a mixing desk. You know, there's knobs that are going up and down and it does take a while to kind of get that to all settle in. So you come up with exactly what you want that amount to be. Yeah, and you do have to dial that in. I think we don't do that often enough. We don't do that sort of, I guess, financial analysis of our business because you're absolutely right. If I want to make 500000 that's absolutely possible. I want to make a million dollars. It's absolutely possible. It's just a function of numbers. How many clients at this value means this many phone calls, means this many da da da, -da. Mm -hmm. works back getting to how many social media posts that I need mm -hmm. to put out to actually attract that business in, in the yeah, first place. Yeah, absolutely. But if we don't do it, we don't get the result that we're looking that's for. That's right. So that's, that's number How often do you do that? It's not every Sunday. No, no, you do no, that, no, no. So we would do that generally once a year. Generally once a year. Some mm. actually, yeah, no, we've done it this year. We do do it every year because I know for me personally, if I don't know exactly what it is that we're heading towards, we can get off track very, very easily. And I see it all the time. So this is something I've been doing. Oh, I've been doing this mm. for near on 30 years to be honest? I think it's probably something, and I don't do it as scientifically as I probably should. I do it anecdotally. I do try to do it at least twice a year to go back and, and look at, you know, who are the clients I'm working with? You know, how profitable were they? You know, do they meet expectations? I think part of that, looking when we look at these costs as well, is sometimes we forget the hidden costs of delivering services to clients as well, mm -hmm. right? The the conversation that goes for, you know, the five-minute phone call or the 10-minute phone call that says, where's that project up to or what we often miss those in our pricing and that can really affect, well, that affects mm -hmm. everything, right? That affects how much money we ultimately make and that's the purpose, let's be realistic, that's the purpose of our business. Absolutely. And it's to make us the money to do the lifestyle that we kind of, you know, have designed for Absolutely. ourselves. Absolutely. So I know we've both talked about time in a different way but, you know, I think that, when I'm talking about doing the big reverse engineering, what I want my life to be, that would be probably once a year. Sometimes it's a little bit less. It's roughly every 12 months. But also when I'm doing my BAS, at least 
every second bass, I'm also diving into well, what does that P&L look like? So when we're talking about how do I know it's time to put our prices up, when we're doing our tax, it's a really great time to look and see what our costs are. So that's definitely, you know, it's a little bit different. So number one, we're reverse engineering what we want our life to look like. But number two, we need to be looking at the hard numbers that is happening in our business. What are the costs? And, you know, it isn't all about pairing back costs. Sometimes it's about putting your prices up. Mm, okay. And of course, that's what we're going to do right Absolutely. now. We're going to put our prices up today. Here's a question for you, Sam. If you could double your prices mm-hmm. today and only lose half of your mm-hmm. clients, would you do it? 100%, without even thinking. 100%. Why? Yeah, let me let me pair that back. So if I was going to lose half of my clients by putting my prices up double, I've still got the same amount of money coming in, but I've lessened my costs or the time that I spend with those clients, which means that I've got more time and more resources to put into getting more clients. So to me, it's a no-brainer. How about you? What's your thoughts behind that? No question at all. I would do it. And it wouldn't necessarily mean I make literally just double my money mm-hmm. right? because I think if you do increase your prices, that comes with, you know, it comes with a lot more expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I buy a, a 20 cent apple as opposed to a $10 apple, I'm expecting the $10 apple to, to deliver more to mm-hmm. me, right? Mm-hmm. More experience or something, right? So at a certain point, our pricing does come with additional customer expectations, but you are right. There is this kind of sunk cost with all of our clients, no matter how many we have, around just the communication management mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, that has a cost. If I've got fewer clients, you know, that's obviously significantly leveraged. Yeah, like we need to look at supply and demand. I think that at some point, generally as a service-based business, we're going to run out of time. And I know that this is something I looked at when I was a dance teacher. We used to we used to teach private lessons. So we used to take students one-on-one. And rather than put my prices up, what I did one time was I looked at it and went, okay, so rather than put my prices up because I felt like I was at like the max band that I could charge at that time, what I did was decreased the amount of time I gave them. So rather than have a 30-minute private lesson, let's just say it was $20, I took it down to a 20-minute private lesson, still charged that same $20. So essentially, mm. I was taking three clients in the hour and taking $60 instead of 40 So there are different ways that we can work around this supply and demand. It's not just a case of, well, I'm going to increase it by mm-hmm. 10 bucks. To be the same sort of value per hour, we do have to. There are really good examples of this, you know, all around us. You know, my son is is fond of sneakers at the moment, right? He's he's almost fifteen, mm-hmm. and so he's quite fond of sneakers. And I can go and buy you know a pair of sneakers that came up for maybe six bucks or ten bucks or something. You know, I'm going to lash out. I might even spend fifteen dollars <laughs> on a on a pair of sneakers that came up. But by the same token, he can go and buy a, a pair of sneakers on online. For fifteen thousand. Oh my goodness! They have sneakers that are that price. Wow. And that's they're even more. Wow. <laughs> they're even more. Right. So you know what, what do they do? Okay. Ultimately, it's just a thing you wear on your feet to protect you, the soles of your feet from, you know, from sharp sticks and stones on the ground. But again, this perception of value and this supply and demand. So we can actually manipulate the pricing we have by you know, how much of a certain thing that we make available to our, to our customers. 
And one of those things that we have is our mm -hmm. time. Right? I would expect to pay much more to work one-on-one -on -one with someone than I would to pay in a group or to get access to their pre-recorded course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is something I want to bring up around the value. So I know that I've heard people say, if you could 10x the amount that you were charging tomorrow, you know, just do that. My point of view has always been a different question. If you could 10x your price tomorrow for your delivery, what would need to change? What would you need to add in? Mm. Because I don't know many people that would feel okay with just putting their price up by 10x. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> it's the it's the feeling. It's often our own limitations that hold mm -hmm. us back, and that's where we come into that sort of that mindset. Whether it's whether it's 10x or just 10%, mm -hmm. you know, to find that point where people start saying no when where their perception of value starts to go, you know, it starts to waver a bit. Often, it, it more often than not, it comes back to our own mindset. Absolutely, it? I I um no, I was going to say I still feel nervous when I'm going to put my prices up. I think everybody does. It's a natural human thing, right? Because we get to this point where I guess we start to waver in our own confidence about the value that we bring mm -hmm, to the table. Mm -hmm. My wife, when she first started her business years ago, I think about six or seven years ago, she's a buyer's agent, so she buys houses mm -hmm. for people, brings you know 15 years of real estate experience to the table when she does so. Her first client... She was writing out the invoice to send to them, not the invoice, the quote to send over to them, and was going to charge $9,000 originally. And I don't know how, I can't recall how we came up with that number. But at the point she was about to send it and, you know, save it as a PDF and attach it, she changed 9000 to 8000 mm. Okay. Now, her client right, ran a aged care, you know, in-home nursing you know, service, had 96 staff. Mm -hmm. Now you can imagine what this, you know, the, you know, the weekly or the fortnightly wages built on ninety six staff mm -hmm. would be, and all the other costs attached to a business of, you know, of a hundred hundred staff inside and size and all mm -hmm. figure. It's in the it's in the multi millions of dollars. And I questioned Penn, I said, "Why did you change that? Oh, it's a thousand dollars here, right? This woman's incredibly busy. She can't do this service herself. So there's clear value that we can establish here." Why did you change it down? She said, I'm not sure that it's worth that much. Mm, uh, yeah, a lot of people have that thought. You know, on that story, we were at Friends Place on Saturday night. We were actually having a laugh about the fact that the host had bought the watermelon already cut up. So mm. it was rather than buy a watermelon that was, I don't know, a couple of bucks, he'd paid a lot of money to have it already in cubes in a container. And he said, I paid a hideous amount of lazy tax. He said, and I did falter for a minute and think I should just buy the watermelon. And then went, no, no, I've got other things that I want to be doing today. I'm okay to pay the lazy tax. And I think that, you know, for someone that had not much happening in their day that, um, you know, that maybe was only working in a job that was a few hours a week. They've got the time. So the value isn't there to have the watermelon cut up. But for someone that is extremely busy, the value is in having the watermelon already come up. So we also need to take that into consideration. Who is your ideal client and what are they willing to pay for? Yeah. You know, how much do they value? Again, it's that, again, that perception of value. How much do they value the outcome that you bring to the mm, table? Absolutely. And what do you need to do to deliver that? Yeah, absolutely. There are people, someone's got to be the most expensive. Absolutely. 
you know, I think I saw a, a Frank Kern video years ago now that described how BMW 7 Series and a Rolls-Royce are ultimately the same car. They've got the same engine, the same size wheels, the same transmission and everything. Uh, they're actually built in the same factory. Okay. Right? One of these cars is $100,000 in the US, 150000 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Australian, and the other one is in the several hundreds of thousands but ultimately do the same thing. They drive you from point A mm-hmm. to point B in relative company and safety. Yep, yep. <laughs> but why is one more expensive? And, and we do need to think about this in this perceived value. Someone has to be the most expensive. And when you're thinking about putting your prices up for all the reasons we talked about before, it is largely a self-confidence thing. Absolutely. So around that, there's a few things that you can put in place to work around this. Number one is getting really clear on your numbers and reverse engineering, as we've already talked about. I think just having clarity on what your costs are make it so much easier to realize that's why this is the price. As I was saying earlier, I was talking to the client hadn't put her prices up and it was around not having clarity on what the product was that she was actually selling. So getting clarity Mm. on what she was selling made it a lot easier to sell. But secondly, and this is something that I don't do so much anymore, but definitely when I started, I did, I would put my prices up in steps. So if I had a membership that I was selling currently at 500 a month and I wanted to charge $1,000 a month, I would maybe charge the next client 600. And once I got confident in saying that number, that $600 a month, then I would put my price up to $700 a month and I would charge the next few people $700 a month until I got comfortable saying that number. So I would put my prices up in steps to get to that number that I was comfortable um, asking for. Yeah, I think the other thing there is you also find out where where that supply and demand intersection mm. is. And if you go up a little bit and you find yourself getting, you know, you get a no every so often and you'll get a few more no's and then you get, you know, you'll start to get, what's that rule? Three days, well, as soon as you put your prices up to a point where you get three no's in a row, <laughs> you probably reach yep, the limit. Yep. All right? Until such time as you then change the perception mm-hmm, of value. Mm-hmm. Right? And obviously, that's the job of their marketing. But, you know, a couple of things there. Right? So clearly, you know, we need to address our mindset and get really comfortable with it. One of my sayings that I, I try to put in, and I, you know, I don't always succeed at this at all, is when someone says, you know, what's the price? And that thing will invariably comes up, comes up in conversation, you know, during our sales pitches. And they say, oh, well, you know, what, well, what do I get for that? And, and so on. Um, or, you know, can you sharpen your pencil or, you know, is there a discount available or, or something like that? I must say what my you know, most common phrase is or tried to say is I can always do less. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we're doing a fixed price project where we've got to be very careful that, you know, those other communication, you know, if we don't sort of get scope creep and all those sorts of things is to say, well, we could do that over a longer period. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be really clear about what the value is, what your margins are, and really stick Absolutely. to them. Absolutely. And what's expensive for one person is not to another person. You know, I think that one of my favorite sayings when someone says, well, that's expensive, is to come up, just say, compared to what? Mm. So... Yeah, it really stumps people when you say that. Absolutely, to them. Go, uh, absolutely. Uh, uh. Compared to what? <laughs> because that two hundred and fifty dollar pair of Asics isn't really expensive compared to the ten thousand dollar sneakers that your son's found. Yeah, um, he really—he's not going to get them. 
<laughs> no. I, I, anyway, let's move past that. The, the mum in me was about yeah. to come out. <laughs> yeah, I think I just want to sort of just add something to that as well, Sam. I know for a lot of listeners, they'll be doing fixed price projects. I mean, we're talking about hourly rates sort of stuff, and it's really important to be kind of aware of what your hourly rate is. Not that necessarily want to charge on an hourly rate basis, but we do need to be aware of what it is because that informs a lot of our, our, our decision making and our pricing and, and so on. If we're going into projects where we're, we're offering a fixed price service, I think we need to be really careful of that. And if the scope isn't clear, that we start to do it in phases. Okay. So the first phase will be we will scope the project and this is how much this is. We're doing 10 hours of scoping to produce a report, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and this is the price for our scoping exercise mm. because otherwise we'll get to the point where no matter what we think we're charging, we'll find out that very quickly we actually run out of time and it starts to, you know, we'll start to resent the piece of work. I had one of those clients recently where I charged them a fixed price and I wasn't expecting the number of phone calls to, that I would, would happen and I was just getting to this point where I'm saying I'm actually not making any money on this anymore and I started to resent the project mm. and started to resent the clients you know, and that, look, that wasn't my failing because I didn't scope it mm -hmm. properly. Yeah, hundred percent. So, and the last piece I think that I want to add here is that when we're talking about money increasing prices, when we're talking about you know value and and money joined in the same sentence, that you may have some sort of money blocks that come up. So this is something that if you're noticing the same pattern that you may want to look at trying to work through that. I know that there's a really great book by Denise Duffield-Thomas called Get Rich Lucky Bitch. It is specifically written with an ideal client of a female, but um, it is a great book. It isn't just for females. Males can read this book too. It's a really good book and it might just help you to realise where some of your money blocks are and how to move through them. Look, as we've been talking, I'm literally downloading that book right now onto my, you know, my Kindle. It's a very, it's a very good book. I suggest you don't just read it from sort of cover to cover. Like, really stop and work through the, oh, what is she, the, sort of the workshop pieces in there, yeah, and work through them. And uh, yeah, it's a good book. Hmm. Cool. Well, hopefully that uh, gives people some help and advice. You now, feel free to charge Sam and I your old rate. Um, <laughs> should, we, should we engage you? That would be that would be lovely. Thank you very much. But uh, look, I my challenge to you today is to to see if look at your pricing and go, can I increase it by ten percent? All of your new clients will never see what the other ones have been charged, and all the existing ones you've got to you know you can manage a transition process. If you've just increased your prices on the new ones, don't do it again. But anything that's been for around for a while, if you've got a long term client, right, you can have that conversation and say, look, my costs have gone up. I have to pass some of those across to you, and this is what our new price going forward is going to be, and this is what we're going to be doing for that. Mm. If you've got any questions or if there's an idea or something that you'd like to bring to the table around this topic because it is such a big topic, please head over into the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook, which is where we post all the episodes and open up the conversations around these topics that we speak about every Monday and every Thursday. Thanks for joining me, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone's comments and uh, in the, the impact that you've had from you know, from increasing prices in your business. Absolutely. Today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week and we will see you at the next episode. Ciao. 
Thank you for joining us today. We truly respect your time, so we hope this was valuable to you. If you're a new listener, thank you for checking out the show. And don't forget to connect with me by heading over to samanthariley.global forward slash connect. And you can connect with Tim at winmorclients.com.au forward slash connect. Be sure to contact us and share any feedback, questions or topics you have too.